Elder Juan Pablo Villar was sustained as a General Authority 70 on March 31, 2018, at age 48. At the time of his call, he had been serving as a member of the 7th Quorum of the 70 in the South America South Area. He previously served as President of the Spain-Barcelona Mission and Second Counselor in the South America South Area Presidency. He is currently serving as Assistant Executive Director of the Temple Department, Assistant Executive Director of the Missionary Department, and as a member of the Outreach Committee. Elder VR received a bachelor's degree in communications in 1994 and a master's in marketing in 2002. He also obtained a Master of Business Administration from BYU in 2007. His work experience includes commercial and marketing positions in the pharmaceutical and medical device industry. He has also worked in the mining industry, running business improvement programs in Latin America, and most recently as a senior manager. Elder Vilar has served, VR has served in a number of church callings, including full-time missionary in the Chile Vina del Mar mission, stake president, high counselor, bishop, counselor in a bishopric, ward executive secretary, stake and ward young men president, and counselor in the Santiago Chile East Mission Presidency. Juan Pablo Vilar Salvedra was born in Valparaiso, Chile on September 11, 1969. Sister Carola Cristina Barrios de Vilar was born and raised in Santiago, Chile. She is the daughter of Gustavo E. Barrios and Ana, Ana Cristina Lopez. Sister Vilar Villar is served as the Ward Primary President, Ward Young Women's President, Ward Relief Society President, Counselor in the Relief Society Presidency, and in various positions in other organizations. They were married on March 31, 1994 in the Santiago Chile Temple and they are parents of three children. Wow, that was beautiful. Good morning, dear friends. What an honor it is to be here with you today. Thank you for being here. What are your goals? What are your plans for the future and for today? Maybe you're still in the process of making goals and plans. Today, I want to share a lesson I learned with, you, with our daughter over 10 years ago that might help you become the person the Lord wants you to become. Maria Jesus was a big fan of the band One Direction. When she was 14 years old, she found out that we were, they were going to Chile and begged to go to the concert. She even made a list of commitments and a contract. For us parents, it was an excellent opportunity to work with her in the things she needed to improve, like her grades and keep her room clean and organized, for example. So she made a list of the things she was committed to. Tickets were bought one year before the concert, and I need to mention that she kept all of her commitments and did a fantastic job. The date of the concert finally came, and after many hours in line to get into the stadium, she went in and enjoyed the two hours the concert lasted. You could see the joy in her face. In face. The following day, Maria Jesus cried all day long. Even though she had a wonderful time, she was sad and felt empty. What she had worked hard for was now over. over. In fact, we found out that many who had attended the concert went through the same. 
Maria Jesus learned a couple of big lessons that year. One, nothing the world offers will fill you our lives and does not provide everlasting joy. The world will only give us momentaneous happiness. And lesson two, when we focus on the wrong things, we miss the opportunity to see our growth, and with that, we forget who we are. My dear friends, fill your life with spiritual things, the things that matter most and will bring eternal joy. Fill your life with strengthening your relationship with Heavenly Father and Jesus Christ. Fill your life inviting the Spirit to be, to, by reading the Book of Mormon. And as we do, we will expand our knowledge of His gospel. We will find ourselves to the answers to our questions and more, that mortal life brings. And we will be able to understand the atonement of Jesus Christ fully. Create sacred places and moments with the Lord, reading and studying the Book of Mormon. As we make the Savior, Jesus Christ, the center of our lives and strengthen our faith in Him, peace, security, and, process, and progress will fill us. As President Russell M. Nelson has taught, quote, the future is always uncertain. Weather changes, economic cycles are unpredictable, disasters, accidents, and illness can change life quickly. These actions are largely beyond our control. But there are some things we can't control, including how we spend our time each day. Now is the time we can learn. Now is the time we can repent. Now is the time we can bless others." Don't waste your valuable time on things of this world. Seek for the things which are above. In Colossians 3, we read, "'If ye then be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God, Set your affection on things above, not on things on the earth. As we follow this counsel, we will find the everlasting joy that helps us continue with our mortal journey. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen. Dear brothers and sisters, dear friends, as Sister Villar just mentioned, what an honor it is for us to be here with you today. We are thankful for the invitation to share our thoughts. We are also grateful for President Alvin F. Meredith III and his dear wife, Jennifer. What a blessing they are for this university and its students. They truly love you. I also want to express my love for Carola, my eternal companion. She's my inspiration. And I thank her for preparing the way for my message today with the spirit of her words. This is the first time we have visited this conference center. We can see how beautiful and special it is. You are very blessed to have such a comfortable place with everything you need to help you focus on your instruction. My wish is that you do not take for granted the blessings of a building such as this or this campus or the opportunity to acquire an education. When I was in my late teens, my parents got divorced. I joined the church when I was 18 years old. And a little over a year later, I acted on my newly found faith and served a mission. When I returned home, I resumed my university studies and everything was going well. However, one day during my junior year, my father came to me with devastating news. He was struggling financially, and he could no longer pay for my education. 
How could this be? I felt like this was the end. I was not financially independent, which meant I would not be able to continue with my education. After the faith I had exercised to serve a mission, I had expected to receive blessings from my service. Confronted with this new scenario, my faith was tested, and I felt like I was being punished rather than blessed. I guess, in a way, I had taken for granted the opportunity of receiving a higher education. This experience has taught me how important it is to prepare ourselves to withstand and push through challenges when the circumstances of life change. It also serves as a good reminder that not everything we have is guaranteed. I will focus my message today on two concepts. They can bless our life if we work hard to continually progress, or they can condemn us if we take our blessing for granted. President Gordon B. Hinckley described well this first concept when he said, seek for the best schooling available, not only with the purpose to increase our knowledge, but also to act upon that knowledge. Education means acting. Education is a significant element that prepares us for this life. Whatever it might bring, it also prepares us for eternity. Education expands our capacity with tangible effects, and it expands our capacity to grow and understand both temporal and spiritual things. How can secular education impact our eternity? How can understanding subjects as chemistry or biology affect our eternal progression? I do not have exact answers, but the Lord stated in Doctrine and Covenants section 130, Whatever principle of intelligence we attain unto in this life, it will rise with us in the resurrection. And if a person gains more knowledge and intelligence in this life through his diligence and obedience than another, he will have so much the advantage in the world to come. Any principle of intelligence achieved through diligence and obedience will be for our benefit. It is interesting to me to see those two conditioning principles, diligence and obedience, as they relate to each other and work together, both imply action. We are taught that diligence is a consistent and valiant effort, and obedience is doing God's will. Both demonstrate the need to act. The advantage we will gain through knowledge can only be accomplished through our constant and courageous efforts to do God's will. Today, I invite you to apply active diligence as you seek knowledge and understanding and exact obedience to your convictions as you begin this new school year here at BYU-Idaho. As you do, you will expand your capacity in all things. May I add a word of caution? Be wary of the comfort zone. This is a place where we may feel comfortable, but this is also where our efforts to progress slow down. My intention is not to say that it's wrong when we gain confidence in ourselves, or it is bad to feel or recognize when we are doing things well. Instead, I wish 
to emphasize that we are responsible for evaluating ourselves when we are not improving. This is true every, in, a, in every aspect of our lives, not only while we are here in school. We must be careful not to let us ourselves fall into a false sense of security, believing that we are doing well only when we do not experience roadblocks or big problems that require significant adjustments or extra labor to overcome them. In other words, we must be careful not to allow our lives to plateau into believing that all is well and expect our circumstances to improve with minimum effort. It is reasonable to seek rest from daily activities, but this becomes a problem when we allow it to become a habit to the point that we are not moving forward and progressing. This comfort zone becomes a threat to our growth. The adversary knows and uses this for his ill-intended purposes. He tries to desensitize us into feeling that we are entitled to a long rest and he whispered in our ears, don't worry, you're doing well, you deserve this break. If you're unsure of whether or not you are in this place, speak to your family, ask your trusted friends, or get advice from your church leaders. I'm sure they will want to support you and will sincerely give you their opinion and advice. But more importantly, please, follow Alma's teachings to counsel with the Lord in all thy doings. Seek guidance from your Heavenly Father, and he will direct thee for good. It may not be easy to overcome temptation to stay in our comfort zones, but I can tell you that every time I have either decided or been forced to move out of my comfort zone, I have felt my self-esteem increase. I have learned to appreciate and develop my talents I have gained greater confidence in my own capabilities. If you feel that you need extra help, turn to the Savior. He will give you the strength to take the necessary steps to move to a better path. I started my professional career in marketing and sales in the pharmaceutical industry. I felt I was doing well. I was even promoting and receiving performance perks. But eventually, I came to a point where I was not reaching, reaching my full potential. I could have done more, but I was comfortable where I was. After seven years, the consequences of a global crisis impacted the industry, and I was not immune to its effects. My income decreased dramatically. I talked to Carola, and we took emergency measures to reduce costs that to be able to survive financially. That unexpected wake-up call pushed me to improve in my professional career, and I began preparing myself to obtain a master's degree overseas. It was a steep road. I needed to learn a second language, study to, to take specific tests, and understand new subjects. I was definitely having to move outside of my comfort zone. What happened? Well, I did it, and I grew in ways I had never imagined. It was not easy at the beginning, but I expanded my capacities. 
The fact that you are here today in this university to obtain knowledge and skills for your growth is a process that will help you to get outside of your comfort zone. Do not worry. Your professors will have no problem helping you with this task. But remember that the ultimate responsibility of your progression is up to you. The Savior will constantly be by your side, and he will give you the necessary strength to help you overcome obstacles as you grow. Come to him. The second concept is about leadership, but more specifically, that leader, leadership means acting. As you become more comfortable with your own growth, you will naturally become an example and a leader for others. Jesus Christ is the best example of, he, of this. He knew his mission perfectly and was focused on fulfilling it. He taught according to the understanding and capabilities of his audience. He was always clear and direct on what he required from his disciples. And above all, he loved everyone. Working to become more Christ-like leader gives us an excellent opportunity to expand our capacity. To clarify, when I use the word leadership or leader in this context, I do not mean only a role, responsibility, or a position. Instead, I'm referring to an attitude, the attitude of being a leader. Many qualities are essential when exercising leadership. Being a leader is more than indicating to others where to go or what to do. One quality of leadership that I have noticed in leaders who are truly effective is their ability to make things happen. As leaders work to develop this skill, they take on more and more responsibility setting goals, and learning to excel despite challenges. Their repeated successes become inspiring and influential to others. The Savior was the perfect example of this principle. His goals were clear to him despite the many challenges he faced. To name a few, Jews who did not want to change or believe his teachings, the Romans who, say he, who saw him as a threat to their rule, and even his own disciples, who did not completely comprehend his words and under, or understand his purpose and mission, to the point that he was betrayed. The Savior experienced being sold for a few pieces of silver, judged unjustly, and tortured with indescribable cruelty and pain. If we think about his ministry, the Messiah could have used his confluence of challenges as an excuse for not accomplishing his mission, saying to the Father, I try, Father, but as you can see, they are, not, they are just not ready. These people don't want to be saved. But despite all of this, he raised himself above temptation to excuse himself, and instead he fulfilled his divine mission. We will likely never face similar situations to the same degree as he did, but we will face opposition throughout our lives. And we will have many occasions where we will feel like the odds are against us. Nevertheless, as we strive to become Christ-like leaders, we must work hard to make things happen through both our words and our actions.
My next invitation today is the same invitation that President Russell M. Nelson gave to all of us in the last General Conference. There is a strong need for peace in this troubled world. Peace will not automatically come as a mantle from heaven to change things instantly. Peace will come only through the efforts that an action that each one of us makes. Hence, the invitation to become peacemakers. As President Nelson said, as disciples of Jesus Christ, we are to be examples of how to interact with others, especially when we have differences of opinion. One of the easiest ways to identify a true follower of Jesus Christ is how compassionately that person treats other people. The guide to the scripture defines a peacemaker as a person who brings about or promotes peace. Promoting or establishing peace involves actions. This requires all of us to do something. Let us accept this invitation to be active peacemakers and let us do the hard work necessary to become leaders who make things happen. How can we start it? We can start today on this very campus. Let us be the ones who promote peace when we see conflict. Let us be the ones who help in our study groups so they are productive, honest, and respectful. Elder Neil L. Anderson taught that peacemakers are not passive. They are persuasive in the Savior's way. Let us be the ones who remain calm and encourage peace when conversation or, or tempers get heated. Let us strive to create an environment where we can all share our opinions and both feel and show respect. This is precisely what Christ-like leaders do. They promote and demonstrate peace by showing respect and love for everyone amidst different ideas and opinions. Far more important than our own opinions or idea is remembering that we are brothers and sisters, children of our Heavenly Father, and members of the same family. The way we treat each other should reflect this knowledge. Continuing with my earlier story, the news my father gave me caused me to panic in that moment. Following that conversation, I went to one of my brothers and told him about my tragedy and how my dream had come to an end. My brother looked at me, smiled, and said, Juan Pablo, have you thought about studying and working to pay you for a school? This was not easy to do in my country, so I looked at him astonished and exclaimed, perhaps without thinking much through my answer, can I do that? Study and work at the same time? He smiled at me one more time and answered that of course it is possible and that I could do it. This experience forced me to step out of my comfort zone, which was limiting me and preventing me from becoming the person I needed to become. It helped to me, it helped to expand my capacity and grow. I learned that it was possible to be self-reliant, that I could do more than one thing at a time, and I could earn my own money and manage it well. As we learn to rely, rely on, our, 
on our Savior, Jesus Christ, and strive to follow his teachings, he will help and bless us to accomplish our good objectives and to reach heights that we never thought we could reach. I pray that we may have the ability to see ourselves and our capacities as our Heavenly Father sees us. And by doing so, that we can expand, learn, and grow. These are the things that will rise with us in the resurrection and will be part of us in eternity. I love my Savior for his perfect life. I love him because he loved us first and is always, always ready to support us. I love him because he was willing to give all, including his own life, so we can obtain knowledge and experience in this life to overcome temptation, become better disciples, and eventually become like him. I love him beyond the limitation of my words and with all my strength, I promise that as you exercise faith in the Lord to expand your knowledge, get outside of your comfort zone, live and make things happen, you will learn to trust in him more and more. By doing so, you will also gain greater confidence in yourself. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen.